So, God told you to write a book. Now what? Hi, I'm Wendy Jo Serna, author, narrator, wife, and mother. I've written and published two novels thus far, without really having any clue what I was doing. All I knew for sure was that I had heard from the Lord that I was to write a book. Beyond that, it was all just one grand adventure of faith and a lot of work. And along the way, I learned a few things, things I'd like to share with you. If I can do this, you can do this. You can write your book. Hey, if the author and finisher of all things told you to do it, he believes that you can. And so do I. So come on. Let's write. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Hello, authors. Welcome back to So God Told You to Write a Book. Now what? We're on episode 10. I'm your host, Wendy Jo Serna. And today we're going to talk about audiobooks. This is the fastest growing trend in the entire book industry is the audiobook segment of the industry. I'm going to talk about some of those statistics today. I'm going to talk about some of my experience in recording one of my books and why I think it's an important way to market and to get your book into the hands of people who maybe don't think of themselves as readers or maybe they are readers and they just like different options in how to consume books. First of all, let's talk about a little bit about the spiritual aspect of this. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this today because there's a lot of practical stuff I want to talk about. But if you look in the Psalms, there's often reference to the psalmist crying out to God and saying, in the morning you heard my voice, or I raised my voice to you, or I love the Lord because he heard my voice and my supplications. There's something about our voices that attracts the attention of God. And it's also interesting to me how everybody's voice is so unique. Now, a lot of times in families, you will hear very similar intonations or you say, oh, my goodness, you sound just like your mom. You sound just like your brother or you sound just like your sister, some of that kind of thing. But it's interesting to note that there are people who make whole careers out of being able to imitate other people's voices because voices are so distinct and unique and an identifying factor in who we are. And I think when we add our voice to our written word, we add a dynamic and a dimension to it that isn't there when it's just read inside of somebody's head. Have you ever had the experience that, like I've read books and then I've seen the movie and I find out, oh, I've been pronouncing that name wrong all along in my own head, or There are words that I've seen written many times and never heard them until I hear someone pronounce them and think, oh, goodness, I wouldn't, I didn't pronounce it that way inside my head either. Or oftentimes I, if I see a movie or I hear an audiobook, sometimes it doesn't sit quite right with me because I've imagined things a little differently than the way that they're portrayed on screen or on an audio track. But there's something about the dimension of sound that adds to the richness of a story. I think about when I was a kid, my dad was the one who, at the end of the day, would take us upstairs before bedtime and he would read us a story. I think my mom had had quite enough of us by that time, and my dad had been gone all day, so he would read us the bedtime stories. And I remember being enchanted by that, the few minutes of reading Dr. Seuss books or 
some of those um, some of those childhood what are they circus McGurkis or Thudwick the big hearted moose or some of those some of those kinds of books he would he would read to we three small children and the sound of his voice and and just there was something comforting about it there was something soothing soothing about it it sort of wound us down at the end of the day and I still like to read before I go to bed because there is something about it still that is soothing to me. But hearing the voice of my dad was part of the special part of that bedtime ritual. After I wrote my second book, I decided I wanted to go back and do the audio version of The Baby Catcher Gate. Now, I have a background in theater arts, but that's been a long time ago and haven't really done a lot of audio kind of recording stuff. But I had a desire to read my own book. So I had to do some research about what is this all about? How do you do it? What's the best way to do it? Platforms, costs, all those kinds of things. So let me just read you some statistics about the audiobook industry. Audiobook sales in 2020 generated $1.3 billion. That's a with a B, billion dollars. And it's projected that by 2026, that will be $9.3 billion. That's a huge increase in just a short number of years. Between 2010 and 2020, the number of audiobooks published increased from approximately 6,000 in 2010 to 71,000 per year by 2020. That is a 1,083% increase in 10 years. People are listening to books in numbers that they never have before. Now, some of that is because the most popular way to listen is through our smartphones. We carry around the capacity to plug our heads into books and podcasts and music right in our pockets and in our purses and sitting in all around us, right? So part of that is just the smartphone revolution has made all of this so accessible to the average person. About 46% of adults say they've listened to an audiobook, which is a 2% increase over from this is on 2020 statistics, so over 2019, 2% more in one year. And that's almost half of the U.S. population, adult population. But one of the most exciting uh, increases is that people under the age of 35 are listening to audiobooks in record numbers. I think some of that probably is due to even the pandemic, having to do school virtually, having to do work virtually. Some of those things have made this technology more and more applicable and more and more in the face of this younger generation who is doing everything virtually these days. And so having audiobooks is just another way for them to participate in what's right in front of them, right? So your books can get into a whole different demographic that perhaps they wouldn't reach if you just leave them in the written form. There's a lot of debate about whether listening to a book is actually reading, but, you know, who cares? <laughs> I think, like, I have gotten, as I've recorded my own book, I've listened to a lot more books. I wasn't a huge audiobook fan prior to the last three or four years when I started to think, hi, I really want to know more about this. And so I have a subscription to Audible and I listen pretty regularly, but I do it while I'm doing other things, which is mostly how 
people listen. They listen while they're commuting. They listen while they're exercising. They listen while they're cooking. There's a multitasking element to audiobooks that that is not there when you have to put full attention on the written word. I love to listen to audiobooks when I'm on a long road trip. Um, in fact, my husband, who is not really a reader, he didn't grow up with like I did, where novels were just part of our entertainment. Reading was part of what we did. Not so much in his family, but I know now a lot of his sisters read a lot, but it wasn't part so much a part of what he grew up in. So it's a lot of work for him to read. He doesn't really read for enjoyment. He reads for information. But we were on a road trip a few years ago, and I was doing my audiobook stuff. And so I said, hey, I really need to listen to some more audiobooks. Would you mind if we did that? And so I picked an audiobook that I thought would be accessible to him too. And by the time we had listened a few chapters, as soon as we'd get back into the car, he'd say, now what chapter are we on? Can we can we go back to that? And he really enjoyed. So for him, suddenly fiction became accessible because he is probably more of an audio learner and attainer than he is, you know, a visual one, reading and writing. So that's cool, I think. I have added to my audiobook library a, at least probably a book a month or so, and there's certain genres I like. There's a, a Minnesota author I really enjoy, William Kent Kruger. He has a whole series, uh, the Corcoran O'Connor series, which are kind of a, oh, he's a sheriff in northern Minnesota. I, I really enjoy, I listen to that a lot when I'm painting. I listen to, I like to listen to some classics, like I've taken in some Dickens novels that I've never really, if I read them, I didn't, I wasn't all that thrilled. It was because I had a class or something and I had to read him. But like Tale of Two, Th Tale of Two Cities or David Copperfield, there's some of those that are long and full of descriptions and all that I've, I've listened to on audio and I've really enjoyed them. I listened to the, Mount, the Count of Monte Cristo. It's 52 hours long, by the way, the unabridged. <laughs> it's really long. But I'm telling you, I thoroughly enjoyed it because I would just, put it on most of the time when I was painting or exercising and I'll look forward to the next chapter. Now, I'd never read the book. I'd seen the movie, I think the one with Jim Caviezel, and I really enjoyed that. But I'm telling you that there's a whole lot more to that story. And in hearing the full story, I'm not sure I would have committed to reading the full novel, but listening to it, I fully enjoyed it. Recently, I listened to a George Eliot novel, Middlemarch, which is an older novel and very long as well. Probably not something that I would have picked up and read, but I thought, well, maybe I'll listen to it. So I was listening to it. And I'm telling you, this woman who narrates, her name is Juliet Stevenson. I was floored by how amazing just her dialects and her characterizations and just her reading voice. The woman is remarkable. The way that she could do old British men's voices is stunning. I was just chuckling. You would completely forget that this was a woman reading a man's voice because she's just so darn good at it. So I kind of got schooled by her just listening to that Middlemarch by George Eliot, Juliet Stevenson reading it. I recommend it highly. So what's the process look like if you want to do your own book? Well, there's two, well, there's one big behemoth in the industry, and that, of course, is Audible, which was 
it was a business prior to Amazon buying it out, but Amazon bought it out a number of years ago. Let's see. In 2011, they bought Audible. Amazon bought it. The The company had been around since 1995. But when Amazon bought it, they expanded it immensely. And it is the big boy on the market right now. The other one that I also use is called Find a Way Voice. And that was founded in 2016. But there was a parent company that was around since 2006. Now, the difference between Audible and Find a Way Voices, big difference. Number one is that Audible, if they give you the option, but they make it pretty enticing as as an author um, to do an exclusive through their channels. If you do an exclusive with Audible, you get a 40% royalty, which is pretty juicy, pretty big, and very enticing. But what they get for it is exclusive rights, meaning no other distribution of your book on any other market, including libraries or DVDs or any other platform. And they get that exclusivity for seven years. So to me, that was sort of a that was sort of a red flag for me. Now, I use Audible, I enjoy Amazon, I sell my books on Amazon, I'm grateful for them, but I also don't want to give them put all of my eggs in that one basket. Now, if you do, there's nothing wrong with that. You can also do it through Audible, through the ACX platform, and not do exclusive and still get a 25% royalty, which is not bad either. And then you can take your audiobook to other platforms. So what I did is I put my book up through Audible, non-exclusive contract. Just read the contract before you sign anything. It'll tell you a lot of stuff. Part of the things that I didn't, besides the exclusivity and besides the seven-year commitment, um, they're also said, you know, we could yank this at any time if we find that there are certain elements that people complain about or people, whatever. You know, and in today's cancel culture I just thought, I don't know, I don't want them to have that kind of control or power over my stuff. So I put it up there. It is up there. I get 25% royalties on that. But I also went through Find a Way Voice. Now, Find a Way Voice is more like, they're more like a broker for your audiobooks. They take a flat percentage of your royalty, 20%, I believe. You get 80%, but you get it through a lot of other different channels, including libraries. Now, for me, growing up, I was a library girl. My mom took us to the library. I love checking out books. Libraries have always been a source of, I I just enjoy them. I love being around books. I love checking out books for free and taking, I love all that, that libraries make accessible to the general public. And so part of why I also distribute through Find A Way Voice is because I want people to be able to go to the library and check my books out for free. You do get paid a bit, not as much, of course, as the 40% juicy royalty from Amazon, but you do get paid per checkout on the library checkouts through Findaway Voice. But Findaway Voice has, I don't know, about 30 other different platforms that like Chirp and Hoopla and Libro, Apple, and a Biblioteca, a bunch of a bunch of them that, are, of course, are um, library-based, but there's other other platforms. And I will tell you, in the it has been less than a year since my book went up live, and I about thirty percent of my sales have been through Findaway, and the rest through 
Amazon. And I think that's pretty much average what they're saying these days. But I, I kind of like the chance to not give Amazon all of my business. <laughs> like I say, appreciate them, use them. But I'm not so thrilled about the sort of monopoly they're taking over in the market. And I like to make my stuff accessible. So that was just my choice. You have other options. So what does it cost to record an audiobook? Now, I did it myself. So I didn't have any cost. It doesn't cost you anything to put your books up on Amazon through their ACX platform or through Findaway through their platform. If you produce it, they will put it up for you for your charge and it becomes live. On, and But you have no say really on what it costs. They, all of those different platforms, and there's a wide variety of costs. If you just look at all the different platforms, what they charge for your audiobook, you don't really have much say in that. But if you don't want to do or aren't able to do your own audio recording, there are some other ways to do it. There are narrators out there, both Audible and Findaway, have a whole catalog of narrator talent. And you can browse through there and you can listen to what their work is and you can choose someone to collaborate with you. Of course, they will charge you for their work but there are different options in that as well. And I really appreciate that, like Audible, they have made they have made it pretty easy for you as the author to say, okay, I want to work with this narrator. Now, there are ways, and we can sign a contract through them, and there are ways of saying, I will either pay you up front for the cost, and usually the cost is based on a per finished hour rate. So if you have a super long book, well, it's going to cost you more. And if you have someone who's super experienced and been out there a long time, it's going to cost you more. But there are some pretty reasonable, reasonably rated individuals out there. But if per finished hour, which means not that they've just recorded it, but that it's been edited to a point of being finished, right? So, And that takes some doing too, not just to do the recording, but to do the editing. So they're well worth the money that you pay them, but you will pay them a fair amount. The other option that is available to you is that you can do a royalty share. Now that you can do that a couple of different ways too. You can say, okay, I'm not going to pay you anything for your work up front, but I'll give you 50% of my royalties from here on out. So that's some narrators want to do it that way. Or I'll give you half of your hourly rate for your finished work per hour, and then I'll give you 25% of royalties for X number of years or for however long the contract is. So there's a lot of different options. And if you look on Audible or on Findaway, you will see those options available. So you can either do the royalty share or the per finished hour payment to your narrator. Either way, up to you. It works both ways. And it's an ongoing way to get your book out to people who maybe wouldn't read it any other way or who just want options about how to bring books into their life while they're doing other things. So that's been my experience with the audio world, the audiobook world. I'm working on, actually, I've put myself in rehearsal for reading the agreements. And <laughs> after listening to Juliet Stevenson, I think, wow, um, am I really even qualified for this? But you know what? Why not give it a go? I wrote in a whole bunch of lots of different characters, so I'm having to make some decisions about 
voices and qualities and dialects and those kinds of things I want to do or don't want to do. But I enjoy that. It's fun for me. It's sort of found a way for me to do some of my quirky voices that I've done my whole lifetime and nobody's ever paid me for. <laughs> but not here. hey, here's a chance for me to do it. So whether you are, have a fiction book or a nonfiction book, I will tell you, if you don't have, I'll be careful with this. If you don't have a voice that's pleasing to listen to, don't read your own stuff. Now, you have to be a little self-aware and you have to be a little humble to be able to say, yeah, that's probably not my strength. Maybe should hire someone because especially in nonfiction books, I have tried to listen to a few that I thought, oh, these are really interesting. I don't really want to sit down and read them, but I'll read them while I'm driving or working out or whatever. But I can't get past the narrator's voice. And so I never finish the book. So maybe that's just me. I don't know. But I just say, be careful, be aware What's the best way of presenting your book so that people will find it accessible and will want to listen to what you have to say? Because as you raise your voice, you enter into people's lives in a whole new dynamic and dimension, which I think is pretty great. So there you go. That's my version of Audiobooks 101. I hope it's encouraging to you. I hope you found some inf information there that maybe is helpful for you. And i um, got you standing by now for the agreements, which I'm going to get on audiobook here sometime real soon, in rehearsal at the moment, hoping to start recording soon. I hope that's encouraging to you. I sure appreciate you. Blessings and peace. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.